Tom Ross Parry. Matt Stephen Boyle, how are you doing? I'm not bad. It is the season, as they say. Uh, yeah, it de- definitely is. On what will be most probably the last podcast of the year, yes? I assume so. Mm. I mean, we're recording this a little early, but are you in the festive spirit, Tom? That's what I'm I would at, like to know. Uh, well, I went to Christmas market yesterday, and I've been out for two sort of Christmas-like meals. But I don't know, yeah, kind of, I would say. Okay. Kind well. of. I don't know. I'm not someone who... I like Christmas a lot, but I don't think it necessarily feels like Christmas till uh, I visit my parents. Fair enough. We have a few decorations up. We have a very small tree. We have some lights hanging above the television, and that's it. Um, it does help make it feel a little bit more festive, but... Well, Tom, I say, with the snow outside here in Denmark, with... You kind of lukewarm on Christmas. Let's dial it up a little bit. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas on Tom and Matt Attack. Now, here's where you insert Christmas music or some sleigh bells or something. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You just need the sleigh bells do a lot, don't they, for Christmas? It's like, as soon as you hear a sleigh bell, it's like, oh, yeah, there you go, Christmas. I mean, that's sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? This is the thing. Are you listening to Tom and Matt Attack? We're at at the point with Christmas songs where every, every Christmas metaphor has been drummed to death. And so much so that everything you were saying, I was like, oh, that's a Christmas song. That's a Christmas song. Uh, That's a Christmas song. <laughs> so can we can call this a Tom Matt Attack Christmas special. I, d- I don't know if we've ever done that before. I mean, no. We u- What we usually do is a Game of the Year thing. And Are we going to do that? I mean, kind of. Like My idea for this episode, and as long-term listeners of the podcast will know, we don't really plan for no, these things. We don't uh, play a lot of new games either. I was just looking at a list of things. <laughs> You've probably played more than me that have come out this year. And then I looked at a list of films that come out, and I've definitely seen a lot more films than I've played games, I would say. I have... I mean, I'm not sure, actually, if I've watched more films than games, because I still, like, if I think about it, I have played a lot of video games that came out this year. You have. Go on. Name a few. Have you written them down? No, but I I know most of them off the top of my head. Um, (coughs) Tunic, Inscription, the new versions of Fortnite. What I... What I think we should do, rather <laughs> than just like lit- go through a litany of like going through a list and looking at releases and going like, oh, this game came out here, da 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 da. Okay. Is I think we should put a twist on this classic episode format and yeah. say, okay, what are the things released within 2022, or what are the things that we that I've actually discovered played? and experienced <laughs> in 2022 that we really enjoyed that we would like to share well as you audience. know as you know matt i've mostly been playing cyberpunk 2077 this year so uh <laughs> yes no this is true i play like one game <laughs> you play you also play Fortnite. that's not true don't sell yourself uh, short you I play, play two Fortnite. games neither of which was released I've, this year yeah okay there are a few others there are a couple uh, maybe we can squeeze a couple out 
Yeah, but I'm also just saying, like, stuff that you have bought this year from a retro gaming perspective. Oh, right, or okay. A, or, um, you know, stuff oh, no, that right, has made your 2022 a good 2022. Right. Cyberpunk. Right, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to talk about it in length. Um, because we've talked about Cyberpunk a lot. No, we don't, podcast. we don't. I just say, um, if you were put off by uh, its buggy release... Um, it's fixed now, so it's a great game. You should play it if you have any interest in that kind of action-adventure, open-world, story-driven um, game. If you like shooting and driving games, as I do, there's a lot of that in Cyberpunk. So even if you aren't into, say, adventure or story-driven stuff, you can just skip all the story stuff. But I have to say that <laughs> you know to, to skip that would be a disservice in the case of Cyberpunk, because... Uh, there's a lot of good uh, voice acting and good writing in that game. So, I can't believe you, Tom Parry, <clears throat> are advocating for people to listen and experience oh. a story in a video game. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I, I did skip through a lot of text, but um, a lot of dialogue. But, you know, when the dialogue mattered um, <laughs> to me personally, <laughs> when I okay. felt like that there was some real um, good uh, dialogue going on there, I did I did not skip it, but... Okay, I mean, from my perspective, if you are dubious of the claim that Tom Parry is saying, it's all better now, cyberpunk is fixed, because I've still... It, it is. I've heard from know. one or two of our listeners to the contrary, Tom. Of... So here you go, here you go, like PS5 from playing it on, we're on, yeah. let's say, 40 hours. The only thing I can really say that I've experienced that broke the game, so to speak, was me driving a car into the interior of a building and not being able to get out of the interior of the building. That's one time in 40 hours I can really think where it's actually affected my playing of the game. I experienced a one of the... When you are getting your powers and you're learning how to fight and stuff. Yeah. One of the oh, you did, dumb, yeah. One of the dummy enemies went into a T-pause and wobbled around at Yeah, me. but this so was like... ages ago that you, that's, you did that. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think they've patched the game since. So... I think. Well, I just I just like to say I don't. I've had more bugs in other games, you know. Tom, than that. I can tell you really like this game because you're really defensive about it. Well, I, I, I am. All I, I was gonna. All I was gonna say. I just wanted to do a nice segue and just be like, if you're Sorry. not that, if you're not that like into playing the game, watch mm. Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix because it's a really good anime. Mm. It's got a really compelling story. Studio Trigger knock it out of the park in terms of animation. And, you know, if it if you are like me, it will actually make you want to play that game. Hmm. I think there's a lot of good stuff in that anime, and I think a lot of that, the good stuff that Studio Trigger has pulled out of the anime is actually pretty indicative and reflective of the video game itself. Yeah, it's, it's great. What, what about you? What stands out? What's been the best game experience for you in this year? I mean, it doesn't have to have been from this year, as we've just I mean, uh, right, pointed I, out I, with well, Cyberpunk. I played... I mean, I've played... Like, looking at this list of, like, releases, I've actually played more than I kind of thought I would have and mm. more than I thought I did. Um, if I if I go back to the beginning of the year, almost, um, I would say that Pokemon Legends Arceus is probably my standout gaming experience. Is it Arceus year. or is it Arceus? Because Arceus probably, sounds it's, dubious, doesn't it? It's, it's probably Arceus, isn't it? Like, yeah, I I would like I would like it to be Arceus, but I assume there would be an S instead of a C. So you're probably right. I will correct myself. I imagine it's Pokemon Legends 
Arceus, though that's going to take me some time to use. I will probably say it wrong several times in this podcast, but hey, here we go. It's good. Um, I've played yeah. it too. Yeah. I'd never finished it, though, which I don't know if that says anything about the game from my perspective, but I finished did. it mm. bar collecting the last two Pokemon. Um, there was a Spiritomb and to get the Spiritomb you have to collect like little shards around the world that are kind of similar to Korok seeds within the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and I just could not think how to find the last two mm-hmm. um, even though I knew what area they were roughly in and even though I was flying around on my Pokemon trying to do that I just couldn't find them and I was like oh actually you know what life's too short and I've heard that the last battle against Arceus is quite challenging so I was like you know what rather than like bang my head up against these problems that I'm not sure I really care to solve I'm just going to say I'm done with this game because I've played it for 40 hours I think in total and I loved every second of it up until that point so I quit while I was ahead. I really liked that game. I had COVID during the time when it came out, and I was just in bed playing it, and I think it reminded me again of being, like, a kid and being off off school sick, you know, like, where you get an occasional cup of tea brought in and you get to play a video game. And I think the fact that it was Pokemon sparked a lot of nostalgia for me. Hmm. Cool. So that, that that's your pick of 2022, not Tunic. I mean, hey Tom, I'm go- I'm just I'm get I'm getting I'm getting started up. I'm just looking at this list of games. He's revving yeah, up. You cool. can hear him. Um, I mean, I also love Neon White. I think Neon White is an excellent game. Um, in contrary to Tom's point about Cyberpunk, I would say skip all of the dialogue in that game because the writing isn't very good. The gameplay, however, is absolutely solid, and I like the aesthetic of it. Oh, well. Say- say what you like about the uh, the writing, perhaps, but you must admit the voice acting's particularly good in cyberpunk yeah no, very I, natural tom, very tom stop defending cyberpunk it's okay i i like the writing in cyberpunk i'm saying neon white has terrible trash writing oh sorry, sorry. yeah you top you're so i'm right so on offensive. it aren't i it's okay today. how much is keanu paying you got, got them into it it got me in. i don't know what i'm saying carry on okay fair enough it's fine yeah neon white um excellent game it is a Time trial, arcade style, first person shooter, but that's a, a bad description of it. You are running through a course and you're trying to quickly clear stuff. It reminds me of games of old. It's kind of got a bit of jumping flash in it. It's kind of got a bit of most arcade games I've ever played. It's got that like, oh, I need to run. And it is especially fun if you have friends who are playing it. I played it with uh, one of our colleagues and we were both competing on time trials, and I liked it. I thought it was a really cool thing to do and play, and we were chatting back and forth for a while. In a way, I haven't with a game about like high scores and time limits. I thought it was really cool. Excellent. Um, I played a bit of Kirby, I've got Worlds. That is an alright game. Well, that's um, on my list of things I missed out on in 2022 that I'd like to play. I, I, think, I think it's pretty cool. I don't think that I'm like, oh my god, this is in my favourite games of this year, which, again, is a relatively short list, but I'm not... What I played of it, it seemed fun. It seemed like a good Kirby game. It didn't really blow me away. It's definitely very charming, but I wasn't like, oh my god, I must sing from the rooftops the praise of this game. 
one game, though, Tom Parry, that I will do that for. Actually, two. One of them is called Inscription. One of them is called Tunic. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think... Tunic is my bread and butter. Um, I still haven't released that episode, so I will drop that over the holiday season where I talk... Is this episode pre- 23? It is um, episode 200 and... Something yes, three, so yeah. two, 223, because yeah. 224 is out, but 223... Isn't. We'll drop over the holidays and you will hear me okay. absolutely gush about Tunic for half an hour. Tunic is an exceptional game. Tunic is very good at what it does. Um, it is, as I've said, I think on last week's podcast, the... Oh, actually, I don't know when this will come out, so haha, I will take back the words last week. I'm I'm, re- I'm tipping my hand too much. Um, I think Tunic is an excellent game. I think it is... If you took souls like difficulty and combat considerations the legend of zelda um a link to the past a link between worlds and then you were just like what if we just sprinkle a bit of fez into this mix what if we just bring the intrigue and mystery of arguably one of my favorite games of all time and just threw all that in a cauldron and then cooked something up and put it around an adorable fox you would have tunic it is an absolutely incredible game it speaks to what i love about video games it feels rewarding. It is challenging. There's, there is a story, but it is more a focus on the gameplay and your exploration as a player. Music's great. Visuals are great. Go buy Tunic. It's fucking fantastic. Um, and then finally, Inscription is a game that I am looking forward to getting into more. But I've never been so curious about the trail of breadcrumbs. A Breadcrumbs. Yeah, breadcrumbs. <laughs> breadcrumbs. Yeah, I, breadcrumbs. <laughs> wow, Tom. Um, I've never been so curious about the trail of breadcrumbs. I'm editing this bit out, by the way. So, I've never been so curious about the trail of breadcrumbs, a game drops, as I have with Inscription. I think it's just the, the standalone experience of playing Inscription... I I don't want to say too much again. I will talk about it perhaps in great length in January when I finally beat the game. But it's just it's such a good game. It's so, like the card combat of it. Don't let that put you off. It's very simple. It's very intuitive. Everything around that and the mystery and some of the stuff that is going on with the world and the experience of the player is just really cool, really refreshing, really really unique. And I haven't played anything like that in the way it does what it does. It's got hints of adventure game to it. It's got hints of card games. All in all, it's really cool. I really, really like Inscription. Go play it. That's wonderful, Matt. Um, I've played... I've Actually, as you've been talking there, I've been trying to think about... Um, what I actually have played and picked up this year, and it's been more than I thought. I was initially looking at a list online of big games of 2022, and I realised I haven't played any of, or very few of the big games of 2022. But I've reminded myself that the Klonoa uh, Fantasy Reverie uh, collection did come out this year. It did. And I have played a, a good amount of that. There was a fighting game called DNF Duel that I picked up. Um, more recently... Uh, Gungrave Gore, which is on Game Pass, which is the newest uh, Gungrave game. Yeah. Neve Speed Unbound, played that. Uh, going back to early in the year, there was the TMNT Shredder's Revenge. 
Uh, Grid Legends I thought was very good. Um, what else have we got here? Sonic Origins. Spent a lot of time on that game over this year. Yeah. Um, so there have been a few. There's also been a few games that came out that I was interested in that, that was kind of disappointing in the end that I didn't end up playing very much of. And uh, Trick to, uh, sorry, Trek to Yomi I thought looked really promising, but I couldn't get into. Yeah. And it was the same with Scorn as well, the first-person Giga-looking puzzle mist-type game with some combat elements. Didn't yeah. get very far in that till I realised that that wasn't going to be my kind of thing either. Um, but they're two games I thought visually looked very interesting, so I wanted to check them out. So yeah, I mean, standouts for me this year that was actually been released this year that weren't Cyberpunk. Uh, I, w- I would say Sonic Origins was particularly good. Uh, as a, I know it's not a new game, but the way that it was compiled into a, a collection and the ability to play through all the games in a sort of like a story mode with added uh, cutscenes and stuff, I don't think those games, original Sonic games, have been presented better than they have done in, in Sonic Origins. I, I, I know there were a couple of bugs at the beginning, but they were patched out pretty quickly. Um, it's a shame that games get launched with with bugs or issues. Yeah. Um. But it's nice that that it was fixed in the in the end. It didn't take long for that to get fixed. So I was really happy with Sonic Origins and Klonoa. Again, retro collections. Uh, yeah. <coughs> uh, I don't know if uh, this came out. Asterix slapped them all, which I mentioned. Which I mentioned. I'm referencing a podcast. I think last podcast eighty four, two hundred eighty four. Stop tipping uh, your hand, it. Tom. Why? Why is that? Because it's a mystery when this will get released. Ooh! Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So Asterix Slap Them All was pretty good. Uh, but that might have come out another year. Grid Legends, really like that. Uh, I should have played more of Shredder's Revenge. I sort of played it and thought, hey, this is cool. And then thought, I've got no one to play this with on Game Pass. Yeah. And then I thought, and well, that's, yeah, it'd be much better if I could play through it with someone. So that never had quite the impact I think it had on other people who really yeah. love that game. Just just for the, the listening audience at home, Asterix Slap Them All came out in December 2021. So, yeah, just on the cusp, Tom, we'll allow it. We'll allow well, it. Well, yeah, this is because I only tend to pick up games when they've gone on sale. Yeah. Uh, and that, that Me too these days. A while, a while after they've been released. Though uh, saying that, this list I'm looking at also does say <laughs> that the official release of Cyberpunk 2077 on the PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S was the 15th of February, so... Ah, well, there you go. You see, that's... I mean, that's the version you want to play, really, isn't it? Yes. As opposed to one that was released prior. Uh, I could talk a little bit about a game that's just come out that I've been playing a little bit of. What's that? Need for Speed Unbound. Ooh, a new Need for Speed... It, yes, indeed. With with a character that you customize, all the characters are very self, they're cell shaded basically, and uh, that there's a story and there's quite a lot of dialogue in the game. But there's good racing. It's uh, the franchise has gone back to Criterion now. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, for me, the experience of playing this new one. Uh, with all the bells and whistles uh, that it's, it's, it has uh, compared to last entry, which was Heat. I think it was Heat. Pretty sure New Speed Heat was the last one. They're very similar to me. The The open world feels very similar. I think it feels similar to play. Now, I could be wrong because I've not played Heat for, and since I've played Unbound. Yeah. 
But I wouldn't say other than, yeah, this time it's like visual flourishes. So when when you like drift, like uh, cell shaded, like pink or purple smoke comes out of the back of your car, and these things may be reminiscent of something like automobile. Uh, Modelista was it back on the PS2? Could have yeah. butchered the title of that, but it's got a it's got a sort of a, a flair. But it's like they don't go all out with it. It's like the game itself looks like very realistic, yet there's this sort of layer on top. It's similar to something like Amped Three, if you can imagine that. Yeah, it's sort of layered on top of it. The, the snowboarding game. Yeah, no, I remember Amped Three very well. Um, you'd think that maybe these things might distract. They don't distract. I can I can tell you that. But then again, I don't think they have as much impact as maybe they're intended to do. Really, I don't think they, they they make the game feel much different from the last instalment. Right. Uh, the characters, the dialogue—it's all very street. You know, street racing. Of course, it's going to be like that, isn't it? Like. Yo, bro, you know, and all this business. Oh dear, I make myself sound so old, don't I? <laughs> Yo, bro's the uh, the best I can come up with. <laughs> yeah, but it's that that street lingo, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I f- I feel you, daddy-o. Yeah, yeah, not not quite, but yeah. No, I yeah, no, I'm taking the piss. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, it well, it, it plays very well. I mean, it's it's uh, I find that actually, and it's like normal difficulty. A little bit more challenging than the, than heat, actually, but yeah. uh, it's solid. It's good, but it's not a major improvement over the last game. I wouldn't say, from my personal opinion, I could play one or the other, and I wouldn't feel like I was missing out. You know, yeah. I could as well be playing heat, and I would be as enjoying it just as much as I am with uh, Unbound. No, I get you. I get you. There was a, a a couple of games that I'm actually looking forward to playing over Christmas, um, but I'm looking actually at the the ratings for them at the moment on Metacritic because I was like, oh, okay, let's see what this is, let's see what that mm. is, mm-hmm. because there was um Dragon Quest Dragon Quest Treasures, I think it was called, um, it just got right. released and it looked like a more RPG version of Dragon Quest Builders, and I was like, oh, that looked interesting but mm-hmm. i it does not score very highly on any of these things um i'm looking forward to playing crisis core um the final fantasy 7 reunion i.e the full remaster of the psp mm. game from back in the day isn't that out next week it well it's actually out. yes <laughs> it's out during this festive season whoa we're rubbish at this um yeah i'm looking forward to playing that um I was looking forward to playing the the new Front Mission remake, but from the looks of things, that doesn't seem great either. So, who knows? Who knows what I'll get up to? I've got a lot of stuff on the back burner. I've got Klonoa too, and I really want to get into that. So, there's a new Armored Core coming. Yeah, there is. Um, we want let's let's like. Do you want to briefly touch on the Game Awards stuff? Because well, there's not a lot to touch season. on, really, is there? But yeah. No, Final Fantasy trailer looks sick. I'll play a new Armored Core. I liked Chrome Hounds, and that was the last time I got really into one of those games. So I'm curious to see what FromSoft can do in terms of. Well, they were the big winner, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I mean, Elden Ring, a game we have not mentioned yet. No. Um. Well, it's a game that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um for what I played of it, but it was one of those games that I found difficult to go back to once I'd fallen out of the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a shame, because I, I think that world is incredible. I liked the combat style. 
I am probably going to go back to it at some point. Who knows? Um, But it's one of those things that I kind of feel like I was playing it when everyone else was playing it. I was chatting to a lot of friends back home who were also playing it. And now I'm just like, oh, this is a this is a game that would require me to like sit down, really get into, which would be a perfect Christmas game. But obviously, with family and friends around, you're like, oh, I don't really want to sit for 60, 70 hours on my own and play a video game. Like, I want to, you know, go out and enjoy life. So let's see, Tom. Let's see if I manage to... Maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year will be the year of Elden Ring for me. Hmm. But I, I did really enjoy it. It did win Game of the Year. Um, the contender for that also, in parallel, a lot of people were rooting for God of War Ragnarok, which also came out this year. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West came out this year. Yeah, big releases. There are really <coughs> big releases out. But they are games that I have either not got to the place where I want to play them yet, or I'm just like, okay, I'll grab that when it's on sale. Well, I still need know, to finish God of War. Like, yeah, that's why I haven't exactly played Exactly what I was about to say. I'm in the same position as you. I haven't played through all of the old God of War um, for PS4. Um, or, or for, uh, what's it called? Horizon. Um, yeah. What was it called? Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero yeah. Dawn. I've not. I've. I've mm. genuinely not even started Horizon Zero Dawn. I recall actually staying with you and playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, that yes. might have been the last time I played that game. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, that was. God, that was a long time ago. That was a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was pre-COVID. That was before before the the pestilence. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to play Stray this year? That's another one that's had quite a lot of... Um, I haven't. It is on my list of stuff I want to play. Tell, I'll praise. tell you why, because I'm looking at it at the moment on the game store, on the PS store. Too and expensive. I think it, no, it's on sale at the moment. It's only about 12 quid or something, which I think for that game seems relatively reasonable. I'm just being a tight ass because it's in the library as a physical edition, so I'm like, well, I'll just wait my turn. I'll play it when I get to it. Mm. I've heard good um, things. Uh, Sifu was another one I wanted to play, which Sifu. was the yeah, which was the martial arts. Is it Shifu or Sifu? It's the oh uh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was a um, martial arts game that looked like really cool, but I haven't played that. Uh, I've seen it in the sale, but it's still not cheap enough. Similar to you with Stray, so I'll wait on that. You see, I'm not desperate to play a lot of these games. This is the thing. Uh, I guess I bought Klonoa on release. I bought DNF Duel on release, which is, you know, budget guilty gear. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I kind of stick to the uh, things I know I'm going to like um, most of the time. Fair enough. But even even, even um, DNF Duel wasn't. You know, I played it once. It's like I played Guilty Gear Strive once as well, believe it or not. You know, I, I should yeah. just stop buying games. I'm kind of at that point in yeah. my life, Tom, where I'm just like, okay, actually, it's okay not to just buy everything. And like, I've I've been making a conscious effort of this with especially manga because that's generally what I've been buying a lot of in recent year in the recent year or so. Is going like, well, you know, I could buy a video game, but I could also buy like five volumes of manga, and am I going to get more out of that? For longevity's sake, probably not. Is, is what I've learned. Um, 
because I think you can burn through a manga very quickly, whereas obviously a video game could be a 40, 50 hour experience. I also depends what manga it is, you know, very action yeah. based, like Dragon Ball Z, you know, I, I can read one on a train journey to, into work, you know, yeah, one volume, whereas uh, I started reading Full Metal Alchemist recently and there's a lot more dialogue in that, so that that's taking me longer. Yeah, it's the same with My Hero Academia, actually, that mm. manga has a lot, a lot of dialogues in it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is is juxtaposed, I think, quite well with big flashy fight sequences and stuff. Like, they mm. balance that mix of, like, making you read a lot. But, like, Full Metal, um, Full Metal Alchemist is a series I love. I would recommend that to anyone. I think it is quality writing through and through. Well, I've I've gone all out and I have every volume to read now. So I finished Dragon Ball yeah. Z. Well, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super. I'm totally up to date. And then I thought, I need something else to read on the train. Yeah. And here it is. I, I went all out and bought every volume of it. Yeah. Good. Did you buy the box set? Or did you just no, no, it? that was far too expensive to buy the box set. It was like twice the price it would be to buy them uh, individually. Really? That's well, I got a few secondhand and uh, some think... some were sold online for, you know, discounted. And I got from various different places, you know, because sometimes yeah, when you're buying manga, you. it's like they'll have most of the volumes, but they won't have all the volumes. So you have to yeah. go somewhere else to get the rest of them. Or, Sto- you know. Story of my life, mate. Story of my life. Um, I wanted to get... Oh, what's it call it? I wanted to get the box set, but I have the first seven volumes of Full Metal Alchemist from back in the day when I read it because I was like, oh, I'd love to reread this. Um, yeah, I'm quite, I, it doesn't surprise me that I think that... As with like Naruto and Bleach, I think if you're patient, you could probably put that together fairly cheaply compared to the box set which is obviously like new yeah and... i think the box set's like 230 quid like online which seems a lot Ooh, of money for 27 maybe a... volumes maybe it's out of print at the moment then because that seems very high i've seen yeah. it cheaper than that yeah so i i think uh it's over 100 quid i'd spent on it i would say yeah yeah on every 27 volumes you know, maybe 100 and... yeah, let's not talk about that yeah let's not uh, the, the um, yeah but have you been playing Fortnite lately um, I have tried to play it for the last week but it's one of those games where I'm like right I'm going to sit down and play some fucking Fortnite <sighs> you just need to dip I... in and out of it like I do you know oh, you don't have be... to really honestly Tom I've been it. so busy in the last week Mm. that I haven't even had time to dip in and out a bit. Like, I've turned it on, and I'm like, oh, actually, I should probably cook food. It's 8 o'clock. Or, shit, I should really give this person a call. Or, shit, I should do this. Like, I've not had time within my week since this new visual upgrade, which everyone is telling me is amazing, to actually get in and enjoy it. It looks great. I think it looks great, yeah, yeah. Um it's fun. I, I, there's so there's some um, obviously with every update like this, uh, there's new uh, weapons and new uh, abilities and, and such that come with that. New vehicles. I'd say the map itself right now isn't as interesting as it was previously. But I don't know. I've right. never been there from the very beginning of a. It constantly chapter. changes. Yeah, yeah. It, it it constantly changes. Don't worry. It feels like very the... European, kind of old worldy at the minute. Maybe in line with the. Uh, Geralt, who will uh, appear at some point. Yeah. Also, so will um, Deku from Deku, My Hero yeah. Academia. Which <laughs> I is saw weird. that. He's not part of the Battle Pass, though. 
no, I is um, Geralt, but um, Doom Slayer is. He's in the battle pass. It looks like there'll be some additional thing for Geralt. Yeah, an event. Yeah. Yeah, so way. I'm sure there will be something. I am going to buy the battle pass this time around because I like some of the skins that are in it. The mm-hmm. the weird anime sorcerer person looked kind of cool. Right, and yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. this is nice. Last skin I got was Robocop when he was uh, available most recently. So yeah, been... I'm still I'm still hoping like I'm still praying actually. I'm praying to the Fortnite gods at Epic that when Street Fighter 6 comes out I can buy that Blanca skin finally. I want that Blanca <laughs> skin so bad. I keep seeing like Rick and Morty skins and stuff come back. I'm like give me the Blanca you bastards. Yeah, um, I I would say that there's a high chance of that. I think maybe we'll get Tekken perhaps. I when... Oh, I can imagine Tekken. Did I I, I I think I mentioned it on the the last podcast we did, but like Harry Kane was in Fortnite for a brief. Oh stint. yes, he was. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I hope that skin's still available. Seems as he's going home and he'll have a lot of time to play. As you himself, think he's going to be playing Fortnite? Fortnite. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, I think he should probably give up on football. Is what I hear from. I don't, I'm not watching this World Cup, so I can't mm. comment, but I hear it wasn't a very good game. So, Fair enough. I didn't watch a game, so I can't comment on it. So there you go. Uh, but we were talking about the Game Awards until we went off track talking about manga. Um, were you talking about Elden Ring? We are talking um, about Elden Ring, yeah. Um, what about anything else at the Game Awards that caught your eye? Final you... Fantasy sixteen. looks oh, yes, fucking amazing. That, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it, does, it does feel a bit in the wheelhouse of what Square Enix has been producing as of late, though, a very, like, very somewhat questionable English voice acting and okay. very, like, melodramatic, like, speech delivery from some of that trailer. But it looks really cool. The combat looks amazing. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, cool. Full if of sex and you... violence. It's sounding like it's turning into Game of Thrones or something like that. Well, I mean, that's week. what they've been saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what they've been inspired by for this, which is insane. Like, they've been inspired by a lot of things. But if you look at, like, a lot of the really popular manga, if you look at, like, a lot of what is really, like, moving the needle in that space mm. outside of Shonen Jump, there is a lot of, like, weird, like, medieval stuff. So I guess... Mm. It kind of yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, the whole world of uh, anime and manga, no no stranger to more adult themes. No. Uh, so to have this in Final Fantasy, which is in that sort of area, isn't it, of anime, manga, it's in that world, yeah. then it, yeah, it seems quite okay to to move it in a more adult direction. To me. I mean, it's kind of wrapping it back round on itself, isn't it? Because, I mean, like, a lot of the... A lot of the design for earlier Final Fantasy games is clearly influenced by Berserk, so mm. it makes a lot of sense because Berserk is fucking really dark. I wasn't expecting yeah. it to be as heavy as it is. I, yeah, I, I think uh, it could be a very interesting game. Not a game that's on my list of things to play, but I'd be interested to to see more of that of that game. Yeah, see how what what direction it's it's moved in. Uh, it, it has a release date finally. Uh, it's mm-hmm. out in June, so I will I will be taking that day off work. I think to play that game. Oh, lovely jubbly! Uh, also, Death Stranding Two or DS Two. Uh, I don't yeah. think it was ever called Death Stranding Two, but it's obviously what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, whether or not that's going to follow the same gameplay uh, formula as as the previous game, it remains um, to be seen. But yeah, he's continuing in that world, Mister Kojima. So uh, I think that, that world. Yeah, from what I played of Death Stranding, I think it's uh, 
really in interesting idea. Um, and it was a very interesting gameplay concept, whether it was that much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's, the, I, that's <laughs> the thing I always come back to with Death Stranding, is that, like, <laughs> I I have this weird, like, Stockholm Syndrome, because I played it for so long, that there's bits of it that I really enjoy, there's bits of it that I really don't, and obviously the plot kind of goes off the rails at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard for me to get really excited about a new Death Stranding, especially since I've... I've, I've you know, I look at the amount of hours I've played it and I think, wow, that's more than I would play most games. So it obviously yeah. had something that kept me in growth up to a point where I, you know, I just dropped off it. But yeah, yeah that, that that's that's the thing, Death Stranding 2. I'm kind I... of hoping that it does the Assassin's Creed 2 thing where like I kind I really enjoyed playing the first Assassin's Creed, but I was like, oh, there's some stuff about this game I really don't like. And then yeah. when Assassin's Creed 2 came out, I was like, oh, yes, this is what I wanted. This was yeah. kind of... Assassin's Creed yeah. 1 ends up kind of being the, like, minimum viable product of what they want to do, and then they flesh it out mm. into something crazy. Let's hope, yeah. It's, this could be it. This could be uh, better than the original. I hope so. If it's worse, it won't fare well for that <laughs> studio. Yeah, I don't think it... I don't know. Well, what, what remains to be seen, doesn't it? We'll, we'll see what happens there. Game Awards. What else was... Uh, Tekken 8... Looks great. I think yeah. it's easy to say. I mean, that's a no-brainer for me. Really enjoyed Tekken Seven. Played the hell out of it, and I will do the same with Tekken Eight. Mm-hmm. And Street Fighter Six, I think looks cool. I mean, I I think nowadays I'm more of a Tekken guy than I am a Street Fighter guy. I have certainly played um, some Tekken since you haven't been here with our good friend Sam. So. That is that is the only fighting game I've really touched in the time since you've left, if I'm honest. I've never really gone back to any other fighting games. But I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna be cool. Um something obviously that I'm excited about is probably my game of the year from last year is now getting a sequel in Hades 2. I fucking love anything Super Giants put out. Long time listeners of this podcast will know that. I am very much up for playing more Hades, so mm. Whether I will play it on a Switch or not, though, that is the thing that remains to be seen because it was the perfect Switch game of like us watching something on telly and me playing Hades on the Switch. Let's see if the hardware can handle it. Absolutely. Uh, was there anything else at the Game Awards that um, you I remember? Mean, the, the Cyberpunk uh, DLC, not to talk about Did Cyberpunk. they show that off? They did. Well, I mean, I oh, was I definitely that. dropped in line a bit. Uh, Phantom Liberty with Idris Elba um, as one of the main characters in it. It looked oh. kind of cool. Um, it That trailer, that. though, I will say to you, um, starts with the most, like, how can you not be aware of people's perception of your company things that I've ever heard? And it's like, you can't trust anyone. Politicians, da 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 and it almost feels like there should be a beat in there going, game developers who overpromise somewhat, they could be like it, it, it feels too unself aware of the current perception of CD Projekt Red. But overall, that trailer looked really cool. Um, it's going to be more cyberpunk, Tom. Rejoice. Aye. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer of it, I'm just looking through a thing. Um, Judas, um, which is the new game by Ken Levine of Bioshock fame, I'm sure that'll be very interesting. Um, but I can't really talk about it. Now that I know that it's a thing, I'm like, cool, I will definitely 
play a bit of this when it comes out. And then I think that's really it. Um, there was an extended clip, obviously, of the, the Super Mario movie. Um, mm. Which... That should be good. It looks great from the two trailers I've seen. Yeah, exactly. It it looks it looks good. I'm still not sold on Chris Pratt. Um, I still think... It, I don't know. There's just a weird, like... Almost like an uncanny valley of voice acting when I hear Chris Pratt voice that character. Because I'm so... I, I, I don't have a, a, a problem with it myself. I just I just don't... I, I don't know, know he's good at doing voice acting from the Lego movies. Uh, is he right for Mario? Well, that that's, that is debatable, isn't it? But I kind of expected them to not have an uh, Italian uh, actor. No, I or, mean... Or it have isn't, a, a, I... It isn't even that, Tom. For me, like, yes, there is a lot of people going online like, oh, why isn't he doing an Italian accent? Because, like, well, it's 2022, maybe you shouldn't do accents. Even though, like, I've seen the French trailer, a Portuguese trailer, everyone else is doing an Italian accent. I'm like, okay, you guys, you do you. My my bigger thing is Chris Pratt just kind of sounds bored every time I hear him speak when he's Mario. I think we should wait and see with the final product there. Oh, I think maybe, maybe when we see the final film in full, his performance may come across better. It's hard to judge from a few lines in a trailer. It is. It is fair, but I've seen like this is the second trailer now, and I'm like, he doesn't. This doesn't sound as energetic as I would like it to, but it's fine. Okay. Fair um. Yeah. Other than that, I'm scrolling down this list. There's nothing that really stands out for me from the Game Awards. I mean, fair enough. Probably won't be for me either. If. Uh... <laughs> if it's yeah. not jumping out at you. Um, finally, Tom, before we wrap up, because my headphones are about to die oh. and then audio will oh, no, in oh, catastrophic no. ways. What films have you enjoyed in 2022? What media have you consumed outside of the realm of video games and manga? Oh, um, I've seen quite a few things this year. If we're talking purely about new movies that have come out in 2022... I'd say my pick of the bunch would probably... If I had a top three, I loved Brian and Charles, which was the comedy film from David Earl, where uh, he plays his Brian Gittins character who creates a robot at home. And uh, it, it's a very funny comedy with a lot of heart, so I enjoyed that immensely. Also, I really liked The Northman. Uh, Robert Eggers, I think, is the director. And yeah. uh, that, that was a really... Um, well-made film and the thing i really liked about it was it's kind of how they marketed that film was was that it was huge it was like gladiator but didn't yeah. they say like oh this this said this this the new gladiator basically well it's not that kind of and there are similar themes of revenge in the film you know yeah but however uh, it's it's a smaller scale sort of story and i found it really engrossing really um well well made felt quite fresh um so i recommend that i i also uh, like the batman did that come out this year i saw it this year i think it came out at the end of last year did it really oh it, it might have let me just double check um the batman I, am i, I think, behind the times no it is a 2022 film tom you are correct oh, sorry yeah. early I just, in the year I suppose. it's very early in the year i think because it was <clears> one of the first March, movies yeah yeah, it was one of the, I think it was the first movie we saw in the cinemas after like COVID March? stuff because I saw yeah, Spider Man. 
And then I don't think we went to the cinemas again then, because cinemas here didn't open until the end of January. I Isn't it really it weird to think that this time last year there was still COVID lockdown stuff happening? Mm. It it yeah. was a year ago, and it feels so long ago, because like, how quickly we adjusted back to like the world. It's really and then got weird. COVID after the fact, yeah, after it, yeah. or we all gone back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> Which was sort of inevitable, I think. I think um, it is just a part of life now, unfortunately. Which sucks. Everything, everywhere, was all, all at once was a great film that I enjoyed very much as well. It is definitely my pick the, of deb- the debatably that could that could maybe swap out with uh, one of those, perhaps. But I I don't know. I think I need to see it again because there's so much in that film. You know, it's that like, it's so in your face and there's so much going on, and it's yeah. so unconventional. Which is great. Uh, I don't know if it, it was as easy to. Oh, what, what I'm trying to think of the words now. To digest as maybe some of those other films that I mentioned. I, I, I can't decide whether or not it's to its benefit that it's so out there, or in some cases it hampers the film a little, as it's not I... as clear and easy to follow, perhaps as some. I genuinely think it's probably within my top ten films of all time. I've seen it four mm. times this year. Mm. I fucking mm. love everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it's so. It good. has some fantastic moments. Some of the, the the best moments of 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 the year, perhaps, of any of the films I've mentioned are contained within that film. I just don't know as a whole if it's as good as the others. But I I really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. think the performances, especially obviously from Michelle Cho, like. Michelle Yo, sorry, I mispronounced her name. It was incredible. Like Jimmy Curtis is fantastic in it. Oh like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's just a it's just an incredible film. Well, there are I, scenes that in that film that I will never forget. I think uh, it's it's a very memorable and unique film. And perhaps if I was to watch it again, it may creep up there into my top three of the year. Maybe even my favorite. I don't know. We'll have to I see. honestly, Tom, I I love that movie. I can't. I honest. I cannot talk about it in enough high praise and so mm-hmm. I'm not going to because I'm going to mm-hmm. gush about it otherwise I, if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once I recommend checking it out yeah. it's really really cool it's really different it felt like a breath of fresh air because in contrast mm-hmm. I'd seen and I'm sure I talked about this in the podcast back then I'd seen um, Doctor Strange the week before oh gosh no that was one it, of the and it deals with similar themes and like multiverses and time and all this kind of stuff and I was just like, oh my God, do you remember when there was a world when we didn't just have to watch every single Marvel movie? Do you remember the world where they would release Marvel films fatigue. And they would have this new is... things to say and they wouldn't be trying to fucking sell you on four other films or have really, really, really incredibly dumb plot holes like um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever does. Like, well, I, I would tell you that, that, that one of, one of the, the more flawed ones I've seen recently has been that. I think it there's a good film in there, uh, multitude of uh, sorry, multiverse <laughs> of madness. Yeah, but but ah no, it it it, it didn't work for me at all. Uh, I like the end. I thought spoilers. The the music battle scene was really cool. It was that mm. moment of that film in the the way that now Marvel films all have to have their formulaic like one cool moment. That... What was all that business about? You know, there being another like Captain and was it Captain? Oh, it's Captain Britain, wasn't it? And there was some other yeah 
characters. I think at that point, the film really dipped for me, and I did not care what was happening. So, Tom Parry, <laughs> it's because you haven't seen Marvel's animated series, What If? Because then oh, you would have well, cared. Oh, well, I don't... Because who fucking has time to watch all of this <laughs> stuff, especially when most of it is subpar, mm. is what I will say. Like, we're kind of forever, right? Like, as a very difficult task of grappling with the passing of their, their leading man, like them trying to like readdress the story hmm. but it looks incredible it sounds incredible like it all throughout it's got really good performances hmm. it's got really funny and really heartfelt but it's just got some dumb really dumb plot holes because they're like right we must have these kind of set pieces within this thing and we must do like a battle scene that no one's ever seen before but it undermines the entire film <laughs> Like for me, okay. I won't. I won't talk about it in depth. But like, I was, I was saddened that some lazy writing kind of offsets what could have been a very, very good film. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm just losing interest in that in that Marvel universe. I watched Thor: Love and Thunder, which was another one that came out this year. Yeah, and and for me, I thought it was all right. It was as good as the last one. I thought, but yeah. neither of those two films really blew me away i thought they were fun um but you know for those who have i've seen a lot of this people saying how this is much worse than the last thor film i can't see that because it's sort of tonally it's incredibly similar it's the same sort of thing (laughs) yeah i mean but with some really kind of dramatic bits which sort of aren't in the tone of the the previous one maybe the previous film um what was it called thor 3 um, Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I think tonally that had a consistent tone, whereas this sometimes gets really serious and I... arty in places, like when it goes all black and white. And it's yeah. like, that well, that's sort of... again, that's that moment. There's always yeah. one fucking like, oh, we're gonna do a dazzly <laughs> film moment that no one's ever seen before, and it's like, this is like, it looks cool. I like that. I like the music mm. thing in. Doctor Strange, I won't say what it is in Wakanda forever. It's just, they're just all so fucking formulaic now, where it's just like, oh, we have to have this moment, we have to have that moment, we have to do this, we have to, it's like, just write an interesting story, just stop it, I just don't care anymore. It's not I, with the gimmicks so much, you know. Yeah, but it's just there to prop up the fact that perhaps they should have stopped after Infinity War. Like, they built up this massive thing, they did something that's never been done in cinema before, where they took everyone along and made you care and made you watch like 17 different films that all played into mm. this larger narrative. It's done they've done it, they've it, done it now, haven't they? And it's yeah. just like, it will never have the same effect as it did that first time round. Yeah. And like the sad thing is right with some of it, it kind of feels like, have you ever watched a TV show long enough where they start replacing some of the actors because they go on right. and do other stuff? Mm, yeah. It feels a bit like that with some of the mm. Marvel stuff. They're trying now. to keep it going, but it's not really work. These are a little bit like um, when Disney want to make sequels to old classics and they release like 101 Dalmatians 2 or, yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, or, exactly. Or that's a bad, Bambi 2 or something like that. Then it feels like they're doing this now with the uh, the Marvel films. They've still got these massive budgets and stuff, but oh, man, in terms you... of story and content, uh, it's like a... Disney sequel to a classic. You're absolutely right. I've never yeah. thought about that, but that is exactly... It's just Disney doing Disney. Yeah. What, what wow. do you... What, yeah, yeah. That's perhaps... I mean, yeah. I... 
you would like to hope that there's more artistic integrity to it than that. But yeah, you are right. It is just going like, hey, you more loved... of the, more. You love that. Here's more. You lo- you loved Bambi. This really heartwarming story about someone overcoming loss and still turning out to be a a, a beautiful thing. Um, well, what if this time it was Thumper? Who just, like, it's just it, it's not. <laughs> It's okay to have a self-contained story. It's okay to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then not need to go cool. We need to crank this out into seventeen things. Sort of like the, la- the Lion King, where you have Lion King, what one point five from yeah. the Tone and Pumba's uh, perspective. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that, but I uh, haven't either. No, There's also a Lion King Lion two, King which is not good. It was okay, but yeah, it didn't need to exist, does it? Yeah. Aladdin two doesn't need to exist. Um, oh, um, isn't there three? There was Turn of Jafar is. and um, Arabian, Arabian Nights. Yeah, it? there's also a TV series. There's also all this. Yeah. It's just it doesn't. None of it's that interesting. None of it needs to exist. Why can't it just be new characters, new other things? Why can't they tell different stories? Oh, this is a totally different rant. Anyways, uh, yeah, but there were other things that came out this 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 year. I recently watched CLD Run, which I thought it was it's it's a uh, murder mystery with starring Sam Rockwell. Uh, have you heard? You know about this film? No, I haven't. It? It's, no. it's 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 quite good. It's set around uh, a before a a run of the classic Agatha Christie play, the 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 Mouse Trap. Yeah. And and the and there's a guy, the Hollywood executive played by Adrian Brody, who gets murdered, and um, he wants to sort of turn it into a film. You see the the Mouse Trap. Yeah. But someone murders him, and then. Uh, it, it's a usual sort of uh, it's comedy murder mystery, but I don't usually go for that genre. But I thought this was quite well done, quite entertaining. You know, a good seven out of ten film, uh, quite cozy. Probably a nice one to watch uh, with the family at Christmas. I would say, as someone who who likes this kind of thing, yes, I'm definitely into this. I'm actually really looking forward to out. watching um, Glass Onion. the new the new Knives Out exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glass Onion, like I love. I I think that first movie is absolutely incredible. Um, so I I'm really really curious to see it. I hope it's as good as the first one. I mean, you're I'm a prob- big fan of Ryan Johnson. I was yeah, about I to say what... I'm probably the only person that's gonna go on record and go, yeah, I fucking love Ryan Johnson. So well, I, like, I, I mean, I like Last Jedi. I think he's the best of the sequels. But I would go. I would agree with you, Tom. <laughs> I would agree with you. But it, does, it doesn't make a lot of sense. There's some no, weird no, shit I mean, in that movie, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's most interesting. It, at least it tried to do something a bit fresh and and interesting with Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> I thought well, still re- retaining that that Star Warsy feel. I thought. Speaking um, of which, Tom Parry, good oh, yeah. beautiful segue to the fact that Andor is perhaps the my yeah. best TV show of this year. You should watch well, Andor. You see, everybody's saying this about Andor. So yeah, fucking those, good, Tom. Those first three episodes, I couldn't be less interested in what was happening. Oh man, it's so it good. So, yeah, I, I did actually think in the third one, hey, we're starting to get some sort of feel of adventure, which for me, Star Wars is is an adventure story for kids. And of course, this isn't, is it? No. This is a more adult thing. And I think what I really like about Star Wars is it's more um, naive, sort of fantasy, childlike sort of nature. Uh, so perhaps I, that, that turned me off from what was a more hard-hitting, gritty um, story it's in the just, Star Wars world. It's yeah. just an excellent piece of sci-fi is why okay. I like it. 
fair enough. You know, I'm I'm not going to discount it. I'm certainly going yeah. to uh, watch more, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident that I'll probably get something out of it. Yeah. If you if you haven't seen it, also my recommendation for an excellent television program that I've I've seen top a lot of people's top ten TV shows of this year, The Bear. Have you heard of The Bear? Hmm. Heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. Um. So it is essentially about um a young chef going to work, being left his brother's restaurant in Chicago in his will. And, like, this guy worked at Noma. He's, like, one of the best chefs in the world. And then he ends up going to essentially run a diner. Okay. And how he goes into there and he tries to, like, make that work. And there's just... this beautiful cinematography. There's just a fucking energy to it that, as someone who's gone through burnout, like, it is that energy intensified and put on a screen. And I think there is some really clever stuff in it. I think there's some really cool things. I think all of the characters are likeable and unlikable in their own ways. I think it plays very much with this idea that nobody is perfect and even though this guy is like the best chef in the world, he's also kind of an asshole in not mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't glorify it. Like it just mm-hmm. presents these people warts and all in this very short, very digestible TV show. I think it's excellent. It's like eight episodes okay. long. I think they're all right. half hour each. It's, nah, it's really Speaking good. of series that are eight episodes long, I've been enjoying uh, Wednesday. I think Wednesday is oh, really well I still well, haven't had a well chance done. to watch it. I mean, it's very good. Yeah. Um, so I, I do recommend, I won't say much about it, but Tim Burton is on top. He's on top form. He, I think up to this point, he, it's like directed the first four episodes, perhaps. I think there's a different director for the fifth. Yeah, but obviously he's very much involved in the whole thing, and uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a great sort of fresh take on on Adam's family. Well, still, it, it's the same characters you know and love, but yeah. uh, the situation is obviously quite a bit different in in Wednesday. Uh, but going back to films, uh, there's one I saw earlier in the year called Fresh, which was a fantastic horror, comedy, dark comedy film. Okay. I don't know if you saw that one at all. No, I didn't. I mean, it's got some great twists and turns. It stars the guy who's in Winter Soldier. Right. Uh, the Winter Soldier. Yes. From the Marvel Universe. Um, and it's about a sort of... It's this girl's like, having real little trouble oh, meet, meet, meeting uh, yes. someone. Yeah. And then she starts dating this guy who seems to be like the perfect guy, right? Yeah. And then they go away together and things take a dark turn. Uh, yeah. It's... A, Incredibly entertaining and very engrossing, and it was uh, so that was a really good watch. Yeah, I I mean, there's there's several like borderline horror movies that have come out this year that I haven't seen. Fresh is one of them. Yeah, fresh um, is though, really good. I'm thank you for reminding me because I'd seen the trailer for this early in the year and gone, oh, I want to watch that. And mm, when you started mm. explaining, it, I was like, oh, I remember what this is. Um, Fresh came out this year. Prey came out this year, which ah, I, Prey's I, good. Yeah, I didn't note that down. That's I feared is excellent. Um, I would love to watch Nope. Why do all of these have very simple one-word titles? Fresh um, Prey Nope. Yeah. Um, and also there is one that starts with an M. Oh, what's it called? Mope. No, it's like <laughs> Minotaur or something. I think. There is an old film called Minotaur with no, uh, Tom Hardy in. <laughs> oh, 
I can't remember the name the of it. The Barbarian. Are you talking about Barbarian? I am talking about the Barbarian. Why yeah, am I thinking yeah. Minotaur? Yes. No, I was thinking yeah. the Barbarian. I, I hear Barbarian is particularly good as well. It's uh, on my watch list. Uh, one that did disappoint a bit for me was a Chip and Dale movie, like a yeah. poor man's Roger Rabbit. That oh. that really was a very average film, in my opinion. I also thought people who actually quite like that, but um, if you compare it to a similar film, Roger Rabbit, then it, th- it, it pales in comparison. I think the fact that I'd completely forgotten that film existed <laughs> says a lot. Um... Which contained Ugly Sonic, and also this year... Um, Sonic 2 was released in cinemas. It was, yeah, um, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I thought it was better than the first because it had more of those characters from the games, like like Tails and Knuckles. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of video game movies, Tom Parry, did you ever watch the Uncharted movie? I didn't see it, no. It wasn't high on my watch list, to be fair. Was it good? Have you seen it? I haven't. It was one of those movies that we were going to go see in the cinema... We ended up going to see the Batman instead, um, mm. and then I've seen it in DVD bargain bin. So I'm assuming it'll come onto a streaming service near me soon, where I will watch it and probably enjoy it because I like the stories of the Uncharted games. Yeah, I, I've I've read very little about it actually. I don't know how well it was received, um, but you know, Tom Tom Holland is a very watchable actor. He yeah. he brought a lot to Spider Man, and so. Yeah, I imagine with that central performance, it's bound to be pretty good. If it's got action and good performance, you know. I also Mark like Wahlberg. Mark. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure about Mark Wahlberg, to be Mark fair. Mark Wahlberg is it's weird. <laughs> Sometimes Mark Wahlberg absolutely hits. Other times he's in Transformers. And then, you know, it's, it's Which weird. Which you've got it's another like... to look forward to, haven't you? you got a new Transformers <sighs> film to look forward to. I haven't, I haven't seen the last two, thank God. Like, I, I stopped Which after is, three. I stopped is this like a Beast Wars Transformers, a new one? I have no idea, Tom. I yeah. I honestly couldn't tell you anything about it. I I I made a plea with myself after the third one to not watch any Transformers movies again. And what I've seen of the last night is it the fourth one on Hungarian television? I was like, oh my god, this is the worst film I've ever yeah. seen. Oh, what the fuck oh. is going on? I haven't um, seen any since the abysmal second one. So <laughs> you know what, right? D- the second one was the first time I've ever really had my heart broken. Yeah. And I was such a young and impressionable adult that I went to watch that movie and I was like, oh, it's excellent. Oh, it's so good. And then I watched it again and I was like, oh, this, is, this is genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I've convinced myself that this is good and it's not. And that's oh, where all yeah. my fandom for these Transformers movies broke. First one was fine. First yeah. one was okay, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking <laughs> of um, movies that I'm sure the sequel will do just as excellent as the first one, any plans to go watch Avatar: The Way of Water? Do you know what? Yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked in. They've got me. I think it's going to be very impressive. I think visually it will look gorgeous yeah, as the first yeah. one. I've heard from James Cameron, 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 James Cameron himself, that it's uh, more character-driven, more drama, character drama. Well, of course, Dave. Of course. Of course, James, James, Ca- James Cameron. I was called him David Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Of course, much like his political namesake, James Cameron is is gonna fucking tell everyone because I've seen so many conflicting articles where he's like, "Oh, we made them read eight hundred pages of source material to make sure the plot is really good," and yeah. "Oh, it's this, it's always that." I've yet to see scores, and that is the thing I'm waiting. I don't for. know. I I mean, 
I I think I like the first Avatar. It's not one of my favourite films. I enjoyed watching it in cinema in 3D when it first came out. Um, did I walk away feeling that I was in love with the franchise? Not not particularly, but uh, I haven't seen that movie since it came out. Yeah, I've seen it once or twice, maybe. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think I bought it on Blu-ray. I think I bought it because I was like to my mum and dad, I was like, oh, this is an interesting movie. You should watch it. Yeah. But it's never been a movie that I'm like, oh, my God, you know what? I would really love a sequel to and what I think is like such a great film, Avatar. No, no. Yeah. But I see what what James Cameron is. He's a strong environmentalist. You know, there's, there's a... Certainly, a strong environmental theme in the first one that we continue into the rest of them. I mean, that's apparently what made him want to make more. He wants to. He decided that a great way to bring awareness to to to, to the issues, environmental issues, um, obviously that are more prevalent than ever, is is to make films about them, uh, make entertainment. Uh, I think, as he put it, um, to, to highlight you know what's going on in in a sort of in a filmatic way. Do you know off the top of your head how long Avatar 2, The Way of Water, has been in production? Oh, a very long time. Um, <laughs> but he's made it two at the same time. Avatar 2 and 3 were doing together, I think he said. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, so the original Avatar came out in 2009. Yeah, wow. Well, you oh, think about it, he's making two films in... 10 years. So did Peter Jackson, though. Peter Jackson made three of them in, like, four years. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I I don't know. Maybe you could argue that the amount of... Uh, I mean, the special effects in Lord of the Rings and Hobbit films are immense, but Avatar... I don't know. There's a lot of post-production work needs to be done on those films, isn't there? So. I'm sure. I'm sure. But, hey... I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to see it because I get to go I, see I it for would free. Like to... but... Oh, right, great. I'd like to see it. I mean, yeah, I think it could be a great piece of cinema, isn't it? I think I saw a quote uh, from uh, Del Toro, um, you know, well, I yeah. can't pronounce his first name, where, where he said, like, this is film, you know, this is cinema. This is, there hasn't been a film that felt this big. And, you know, like, you should go and see it at the cinema for a long while. I, I did also hear, though, somewhat, perhaps, you know, like, this is Reddit, this is what Reddit does. People were very cynical about him coming out for it, and there were some reasons why he should have, i.e., like, he, he like, him and James Cameron have a long-lasting relationship and other stuff. Like, people were being really cynical about it. But his support that, of the film. Of Del Toro's support in particular. Which, you know, I mm. I like Guillermo Del Toro. Like, actually, I've yeah. been watching a Cabinet of Curiosities series yeah. of his on Netflix, which is also very good. Um, And his, so, his Pinocchio film is out now uh, on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I haven't had a chance I to see it. I want to see that, yeah. yeah I've seen a to. few... Ver- couple of versions of Pinocchio, of course, the Disney one and uh, the the the, um, oh, the Italian one. Um, Did you watch the live action Tom Hanks one that came out earlier this year, Tom? <laughs> no, there's been so many blinking Pinocchio films. <laughs> yeah, there have. It's because it's almost as if it's a free license. Uh, yeah, how many films? It's, it's a good question. Anyway, uh, this new one, um, yeah, hearing great things. I like the story. I'm interested to see what Del Toro's done with it. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to check that one out. Fair enough. Absolutely. 
Oh, AI is a bit like Pinocchio as well, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, kind it's often of. referred to as an adaptation of Pinocchio. Yes. Uh. Mm. Anywho, and... anywho, enough enough of Pinocchio. Enough uh, of Pinocchio. And I, I, maybe uh, also, I'll just briefly mention that the Bowie Moon Age Daydream uh, documentary was a very interesting audiovisual experience. I got to see it at the cinema. I, I I would say you know it starts off strong. It's very long. It's very yeah. long, and it's sort it's sort of uh, it doesn't actually cover the last years of Bowie's life, or it, it stops. It sort of everything sort of accelerates at a certain point into the film. They spend a lot of time the early years and Ziggy Stardust and and such. But if you like Bowie, if you just uh, like music, I think because <laughs> Bowie's so important to music that it, it is one that's certainly worth watching. Slightly flawed documentary. But um, very unique at the same time. Yeah. Hmm. I, w- yeah, I w- if if it, I don't think it came out in cinemas here. Um, but Did if it I not? see it on, oh, because that's series. the one. It, I think the director of it said, if you want to watch this film at home, he suggested perhaps headphones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would be really good, it, just because how loud the music is at, at times and how sort of it sort of envelops you as you watch it. Yeah. Um, I think. I can maybe see what he's saying there. Um, yeah, or if you've got a really good sound system at home, perhaps is the best way to watch it. But there you go. Maybe I'll watch it with headphones. <laughs> maybe try it, see what it's like. Say it's recommended by the director. So. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> right then, uh, Tom Harry. We've talked in length about films in a way we never have done before, have we? We haven't. Just... No, I mean we've kind Actually. of touched on some other stuff as well. But yeah, talked about films, talked about games. Talked about a little bit bit about manga, manga, etc. I hope Um, you've enjoyed this. Um, I I think anyone who likes video games doesn't just consume video games as entertainment. Uh, I'm sure other people (laughs) also watch films and TV. So, yeah, I hope you've appreciated us uh, chatting a bit about that this time. Hopefully it's given you something Mm. to catch up on over the the holiday season. It's our Christmas gift to you. Exactly. Like, enjoy yourselves, um, <laughs> eat mince pies, or whatever the, the regional equivalent is, um, and just kick back, play some video games, and enjoy, hopefully, time off for some of you. Um, if those of you who are working in retail, I I know. We, I know what it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like. So, you know, like, get comfy when you come home, and uh, chill out a bit, play some video games. Um with that, Tom Parry, this will probably launch around Christmas, I imagine. But uh, I'd just like to wish you on air a, a very Merry Christmas, Happy oh. New Year. And um, yeah, look forward to uh, many more podcasts in 2023. I, I, I'd also like to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, Matthew. Thank you. And then, of course, that goes to you, lovely listeners as well. Mm, yes, yeah. thank you for, um, yeah, for your continued listenership. We, we we really appreciate it, and we really enjoy doing it. So uh, yeah, not going anywhere anytime no, no, soon. No. We may be a bit slower than we used to be, but we are well, getting older. We are. We're getting old, Tom. That's how it goes. Like <laughs> this is the nature of the beast. Anyways, if you have enjoyed listening to this slightly unconventional Tom and Matt Attack, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack at Twitter. On Twitter at TMA Cast for the both of us at Game Boyle for me at Tom Parry Eleven for him, 
Um, you can listen to it in a variety of places as well, such as on tomatattack.com forward slash podcast, blastprocess.com, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. While you're there, give us a cheeky rate and subscribe, etc., etc. Be sure to make it cheeky. It has to be cheeky. With a capital <laughs> C. Um, okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Um, you might hear that Tunic episode after this or before this. I'm not too sure. I will leave that up to chance and happenstance and when I get around to editing it. But just in case this is the last of us you hear in 2022, um, all the best for next year and we'll see you in 2023. Take care and be sure, as always, to game on. Game on. <laughs>